The show starts in three, two, one. There goes that man's jockstrap. <laughs> oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. The In a League of Their Own podcast is brought to you exclusively by YouTube. Buy golf kicks. Screw your shoes. Buy Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Buy Canadips, a CBD pouch crafted and manufactured in Humboldt, California. And buy Streamer Loot. Check out the In the League of Their Own merch line today. Welcome to the show. Here are your hosts, Austin and Colin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 112 of the In the League of Their Own podcast. Kicking us off with our 112 sports fact, Seahawks running back Sean Alexander was undoubtedly one of the best running backs in the 2000s decade. Alexander played nine years total, eight of which were with the Seahawks, where he amounted just shy of 9,500 yards and 112 touchdowns in his career. His 2005 season would be his best with 1,880 yards and 27 touchdowns rushing. (laughs) Yeah, is that that still the record? It has to be. When I saw it, when I saw this, I'm like, I literally fact-checked through another database because I'm like, 27, that seems, that doesn't seem right. that was all rushing touchdowns, right? Yeah, he had one receiving too, so he had 28 total on the year, but... Yeah, I was gonna say, I thought that that was yeah, that's second second in all time. I knew I had a feeling that I was right with my gut instincts on remembering that. Danian Tomlinson. How many did he have? He had twenty six, or excuse me, twenty eight rushing touchdowns. Oh, six. Jeez, that's unreal. You're putting up more touchdowns than most quarterbacks do throwing. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, Sean Alexander is actually tied with Priest Holmes as well for 27th, for 27 touchdowns. Mm. Yeah, it's insane scoring the – yeah, LaDainian Tomlinson only had 348 attempts. Sean Alexander had 370, and he still had one more touchdown. Mm. But, yeah, Alexander definitely – that brought up that – the memories of just seeing him score, 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 score. Yeah. And yeah, what was he? Uh, he was at, was it 2007 he was on Madden cover? It had to have been after his, oh, two, after that year. After mm-hmm. his 2000, yeah. Because I, if I do recall, because Tomlinson, he did that in 2005 and Tomlinson did it the year after, like one upped him. Then I believe LT was on the cover the year after. I don't think LT was ever on a Madden cover. I know we we talked we what was this a couple months ago. I remember we went through all the Madden covers. Two thousand eight was that Drew Brees or Far? Madden fifteen, Ladanian. Fifteen was OBJ. No, fifteen was fifteen. There's a picture of an Xbox three sixty. 15 was a dual cover with uh, 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 Larry Fitzgerald and uh, Trey Palmalu. 
Or was that 12? I don't know, but there's a Google image of a Danian Tomlinson on a Madden 15 cover Xbox 360 game. Let me pull it up. I know we went over this like a couple months ago. Um, where is the... One article says he turned down to be the official EA Madden cover thing. But yeah. He, he, but he... Okay, he so yeah. The Xbox. 2007 was Sean Alexander. 15 was, oh, Richard Sherman. Yeah, he must have been, I think he might have been like a so then special maybe he edition. Just did a, I was going to say, one. maybe he just did one with Xbox. Kind of like how NBA 2K does their like le- legend edition with like all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I knew he wasn't, be. I knew he wasn't like the main cover athlete, but yeah. Yeah, still, um. Two great running backs. Pretty much every – I mean, it's been nice kind of growing up with football. There's been – I mean, pretty much where Sean Alexander, Ladini Thomason let, uh, left off, Adrian Peterson showed up to the scene like, what's up? And then, and then Derrick he did, Henry. And then Derrick Henry now. And then obviously well, the 2000s – went for a long time too. Yeah. And obviously in the 2000s you had Chris Johnson. You had um, Jamal um, – or no, um, yeah, Jamal on uh, cheat the Chiefs. Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles, um, and then yeah, there's I mean, yeah, we've been Warwick Dunn. He was sick. Mm-hmm. Marshall Falk, Stephen Jackson. I saw him Eddie the George. I saw him the other day on something. Stephen Jackson, and I'm like, I, think he I forgot about that. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that dude was – he was, like, a, a big dude, like like Henry. For the Rams. Like Henry-sized, kind of. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, I guess we'll wrap up – that wraps up our fact for today. Um, as always, feel free to check out our socials down in the description link below. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, as always, posting news there, uh, usually within a couple hours of it breaking – to the sports world uh feel free to give us a follow on those for our audio episodes check out in uh, spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, anywhere associated with anchor uh anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast you can find us the five star ratings help us move up the charts there and as always uh streamerloot.co is where you can find our merch also down in the description below uh, uh, t-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, stickers, all that good stuff. You can find that there. Uh, jumping in then to our NFL content for the day. Uh, what's the latest over there? Well, let's start with uh, talking about Monday night's game where the Steelers Boswell's late field goal became one of the greatest quarters all time for a kicker. Uh, 53, 52, and then a 40-something yard to win it and recovering a fumble on a kickoff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they edged the Bears. Questionable, you know, like the only thing really to take away from that game is the questionable refereeing, and especially that one play, the taunting, 
where it's been broken down and now it's had a couple of days to stir and people to look at it. That ref totally threw that for that guy bumping into him. Like there's no other reason. No, he that. was, I, I saw that too. Cause where it was like, um, like hip checking him or running into him, but then like they slowed it down and the, he was already reaching for his flag before he even ran into him. But he didn't, he wasn't throwing it. He just had it. Yeah. And then he hipped him. Looked at him and then tossed it like yeah. higher than he tossed a normal play. It was like, "Fuck you!" Asshole. Yeah, like, yeah. Because uh, after the game, they broke down the <clears throat> comments like that were all like typed on whatever, and he must have been told that like, "Hey, deliberately, you hip check that guy on live television. It's going everywhere." Like to not even bring it up saying oh no 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 that has nothing I, I have no idea like he played it like a dumb a complete somebody who totally knows that's the exact reason why but because he's representative of the nfl obviously he can't say yeah i was pissed off that guy bumped it like i purposely fucking bumped into him to give him a 15 it's like damn plays just and then you have tomlin oh i support it I'm all for it. Yeah, when you're on the other side of the, the other sideline, but yeah, in that post that press conference after uh, Cassius Mar- Cassius Marsh, that's the guy who got that sack and the whole taunting penalty happened to. He came right out right out right away and was like, "Yeah, the ref hip checked me. Um, it's completely uncalled for. This and that." It was like, "What?" It was like live, watching it live. You wouldn't have thought it, and then you slow it down. It's like. He literally turned around and was already moving in the direction he was. The ref, like you could see his straighten his, up. his like straighten his legs so that just a couple inches that he moved back into him. Like it's like the double standard. If he did that, if he did that to a ref, uh fines, maybe a suspension for contact with a ref. Sure. Is yeah. it an automatic game suspension? Yeah, contact with a well, contact with a ref is automatic ejection. And then that's I'm sure he, that's and then, yeah, I'm sure he would have got assessed fines and maybe down the road suspensions, but it's like, I mean, it was already like, okay, refs, you make it fucking blatantly obvious that you're, that you're throwing the game the, the Steelers way. And then this happens at the end of the game. Like, I don't know. I mean, like the, the bears ended up answering, they put a touchdown on the board, but that was a huge difference maker because that drive ended up putting three points on the board for the Steelers where the Steelers would have needed a touchdown instead of a field goal by Boswell to win the game. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously there's a lot of things. The bears didn't show up till the fourth quarter for one. So they're the, they're, they could have made that game could have went the other way if the bears played four, four full quarters of football, but Again, what was it? 140 yard, 130, 140 yards of penalties, something like that. Like, yeah, it was some ridiculous. Yeah. And, but the only thing good to take away, I guess, from the Bears side is without two superstars that you have on your defense that were out, Justin Fields is coming along and he's looking like he's mm-hmm. starting to get more comfortable at the NFL level and he could be a guy just like. I always thought that he was going to be the best at the end of it all once he got accustomed or whatever. And it looks like he's finally maybe settling his feet in. Yeah, if he can take what he did in that fourth quarter and play four full quarters like that, 
I mean, it's a little late for the Bears season now. I mean, I shouldn't say that they're they're what three and five, three and six, something like that. They so I mean, three and six. So you win out. <laughs> that's eleven and six. You're probably making the playoffs. Does that happen? Good chance. I mean, probably not because I'm sure that they have some tough games ahead of them. But the season's not over for them to where again, like you said, if Justin Fields can. He seems like that guy that now that all of a sudden something clicked in that game for him that like the game slowed down for him. Um, I know he talked about uh, Darna Mooney, uh, how he would stay after practice with him and get some extra reps in with him to build that chemistry. And it seems like that's been his go-to guy, um, which again, we weird kind of that Allen Robinson didn't end up moving somewhere else in the league since he has been kind of non-existent on that Bears offense. But, but, yeah, I mean, all in all, Steelers get the win. They're right up there in the AFC North, and the Bears, um, even though it's a loss, they have a lot to build off of. Yeah, and then um, just a, a few other quick points here. Um before we get into the two real big, big pieces of news in the NFL, Browns sign Pro Bowl left guard Joel Bitonio to a three-year extension. Shout out to him. Um, Mike White is to remain the Jets' starting quarterback against the Buffalo Bills, even though Zach Wilson it could be ready to play. I feel like the Jets, obviously, <laughs> going with what's, what's worked for them. And... This is a league of you go with what works until it doesn't work, and then you look to change it up. So uh, Mike White's got a chance there. Carolina Panthers put Sam Darnold on the IR, giving a starting nod to P.J. Walker for at least three weeks. And the last bit of news is Minnesota Vikings, Dakota Dozier, hospitalized for COVID-19 issues. We're wishing, you know, wishing the best to him in his recovery. Yeah, and then going back to the Browns quick again. Um, after Nick Chubb just got back last week off of an injury, him and Demetric Felton uh, test positive for COVID. So they will be uh, – I don't know if they're vaccinated or unvaccinated. but they both, they, are, they both are vaccinated. So they have a chance to still play this weekend should they have their two uh, negative tests but before Sunday. So, But um, – we could see Darius Johnson again, like that Thursday night game, pop off uh, if they these two guys are not ready to go. Because I think Kareem Hunt, he's still not back off IR, is he? He's no, still I don't think he's back <laughs> until either next week or the following. It's one of these next two. He should be back. Yeah, and then um, yeah, I guess kind of the two big topics, like you mentioned, um, both in the AFC in the, in the NFC North here. Uh, I guess we'll start with the one with the Vikings. Uh, surface yesterday, running back Delvin Cook is kind of in the crosshairs of a, an assault case. Um, basically, he said that a military sergeant uh, entered his home. And it, was his ex, it was his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, I don't know where that the whole military sergeant that like I because she is she's in the she's a sergeant in the army. Oh, okay. Like I I didn't I read a lot on this one today. 
Uh, basically, what happens? She got made a copy of his garage door opener, came and she broke into his house, basically wanting to get her things, quote unquote, her belongings out of his house. Well, second, she like broke in, like broke the door to get into the house. She tried to extort him for millions of dollars saying, I'm going to do all this to you. I'm going to do all this. I'm going to say all this, basically do what is happening right now in the media. Um, it's shit's fucking wild. Shit's wild. Wasn't there like um, a gun false, in the house imprison- that she... False imprisonment. Yeah, she's... His ex-girlfriend seems like she's... No offense, but it seems like she's a little bit of a, a head case. And broke into the house wanting to get his stuff and his now girlfriend Tokyo Jets. Um could it feels like to me she laid the smack down on her. <laughs> and Dalvin apologized for like you know like the text that it showed that he had it was like I'm sorry for that. <laughs> like I feel like he was apologizing on behalf of his current girlfriend whooping the shit out of his ex-girlfriend after breaking in and trying to start all this shit. Like, I feel like his now girlfriend, Tokyo Jets, even with the name, I feel like she's fucking laid the smack down and Dalvin's like, oh, I don't know what to do here. (laughs) Yeah. I saw something, too, that there was either she knew where a gun was in the house or, like, just he he had a gun or whatever. And she, like, took it and pulled it on them and was, like, holding them hostage for a period of time as well while she was trying to extort him and get shit out of him. Um. Yeah, I mean, the fact that, uh, like, obviously it was good for Cook to get ahead of it and file his side of the, his side of everything before she did, because, I mean, I mean, obviously the truth's going to come out, but the fact that he got ahead of it and got his uh, side of the story out there before she did, hers just seems like there's a lot of missing pieces in it. And the only, really the only thing she has going for her is that, again, that blurb of the text that were shared between her and him and the couple pictures of where her face looks like it got beat up. Yeah. So it looks like according to her, she sprayed him with mace, went to the bedroom, grabbed his gun, called a friend for help. And then she says that he cracked her with a broomstick. Mm. And then Dalvin today after practice, basically like just wait till just wait till all the evidence comes out. He's probably got, I'm sure he's got security cameras, all that stuff. All this is going to come out, and I, I don't think anything's going to happen to Dalvin Cook. But it should be scary. Psycho ex-girlfriend comes and pulls a gun on you and holds you hostage. Like, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, obviously we'll see what happens. Like, like you said, I feel like, I mean, until all the evidence comes out, we won't know for sure. But for the time being, it looks like Dalvin – it's just more of a headache for him <laughs> in the middle of your football season. And now you got to deal with this shit. Yep. Unreal. Yeah. And then um, I guess wrapping that up and switching to our other kind of headline. Um, well, I guess one team, two different headlines uh, are Packers. Uh, the dust kind of settles with the whole COVID thing with Rogers. The Packers are fined $300,000 for their violations of the protocol uh, Aaron Rodgers and receiver Alan Lazard are fined $14,650. I guess not for their 
uh, not wearing masks in the media, but because of the Halloween party that they went to, that there was um, protocols of the NFL unvaccinated players or not unvaccinated players together with more yeah. than three people. Yeah, that's so that's that's and what they that had a was team party. Mm. Um, so clearly that goes and shows us only those two out of all the people who were there were unvaccinated mm-hmm. due to the fines by the league. Yeah. So, I mean, people are still going to talk about it. I know every time I go on social media, um, I'm always back and forth with freaking Stephen A. He gives a good take on something. The dude loves Aaron Rodgers. He's a bad man. Like, he's, like, coined that phrase. And then for the past two or three days, he won't shut up about how he thinks Rodgers should be suspended. He should be, like, all these bad things should happen to him. Again, he works for ESPN, so who knows if it's them trying to push their agenda. And hey, he's just the outlet, the voice for it. But um, definitely is, yeah, because it's it's just weird that all of a sudden he's just like he loves Aaron Rodgers, puts him on his pedestal, and now he just hates him to death. And it's like it's just so odd. Quoted Martin Luther King and Shannon Sharp fucking hates Aaron Rodgers now too for it. And it's yeah, just like, instead of calling him a white privileged arrogant prick. Why can't you put yourself in his shoes for a fucking second and see what he's talking about with his health? Yeah. Like, why does his health have to be this huge story mm-hmm. in, like, People's Magazine? Fucking tried pulling a fashion saying that he was in L.A. downtown getting coffee, just that he took a flight from Green Bay to L.A. and was just out and about walking around with his mask on, getting coffee and talking to people. They hired a guy, literally. They hired a guy that kind of looks like him, but doesn't is not Aaron Rodgers, and had it was all over magazines and shit, and that was unbelievable. All because a guy did in what is in his best interest for his health. Mm-hmm. Like, who the fuck are you to tell somebody what's better, what's good for their health, and what isn't? Yeah, it's just like I, I like both of them, Stephen A. and Shannon. Both is like. But it's just, ever since the Friday, it's like they've never laid off. It's like, what does he need the death penalty for? For yeah. not wanting to share his public information, public with his health information with the fucking world. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you do you fucking share with the world every time you go to the doctor? No. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's funny too how he's been like super to himself. He just plays football, minds his own business, and everybody was like giving him flack for being too quiet. The first time in his career, really, he comes out, even though he doesn't have to, explains himself, explains his thought process. Again, he's a very a critical thinking guy. He does he like like very analytical, both on and off the field. He didn't have to do that, but because he did, that's where he's getting the flat the flag from it. He could have like he could have well, looked good in the media's he... eyes and just said, "Oh yeah, sorry, I'll get vaccinated." My bad, yada yada, yada and then like kept it a quick two sentence thing to like. But no, he wants the world to know how he thinks and what his stance is, and now he's getting thrown under the bus for it. Yeah, and then especially even after yesterday going on the McAfee show again when a lot of people thought that he wasn't going to show his face, yada, yada, yada. So even he admitted that some of the stuff that he said was maybe over the top and that he should have maybe wound it back a little bit. But you could tell that he's passionate about the issue of health. And, I mean, just going to leave it at that, I guess. Um 
NFL's obviously put their penalties down. Hopefully all these people talking about how you should be suspended and all this shit. Shut up. It's done and over with now. And then talking about Stephen A going from, oh, mm-hmm. Roger Schmidt. Uh, well, though OBJ goes to the Packers. They're winning the Super Bowl. It's like, you're how how much two faced can you be? Yeah, suspended for the rest of the league, but they're gonna win the Super Bowl if they get OBJ. Like, mm-hmm. it makes, makes no sense. But OBJ, um, Green Bay, Kansas City, New Orleans, and New England are the top four teams. Rumors have it that all four teams have had offers, have had conversations with all of these teams. Green Bay's offered him a league minimum. No other team. I guess has came out and stated or has been reported what's been offered. Um, as everybody's been saying, and like we were talking a little bit before we got on the show here, it makes the most sense in my eyes for OBJ to become a Green Bay Packer for two reasons. One, he's a free agent after the season's over, getting to play with a, a Hall of Fame quarterback or what we call the greatest thrower of the football ever in Aaron Rodgers, have a chance to show what you can do and that you're not, you're not banged up still from your ACL and that you are still able to perform at a high time level. And two, in order to get into the hall of fame, you need a Super Bowl. So this is his best chance. Um, Even though I know new Orleans was, up there early in the beginning as they tried to trade for him uh, before the deadline that didn't work out. I feel like just due to cap reasons. And then, I mean, it just makes more sense. If he wants to go home, play with green Bay this season, sign your long-term deal down in new Orleans after the year's over and play out the rest of your career, you know, where you grew up, if that's ultimately what you want. I know his, his agent has came out and said that none of it's, a money issue as he is getting double dipped. The chiefs are, are the, excuse me, the Browns do have to pay him like $4.25 million. And then whatever this deal, whatever he gets from any of these other teams will cover the, you know, will be what else he gets. So he's still getting paid. So money shouldn't be an issue. I know, you know, just right as before we took the show, Devonte Adams basically putting out his two words that he wants OBJ to come and he's fine with giving some catches that we can get him some more catches than one in his last game that he had with the Browns. I mean, (laughs) this all just makes too much sense, but almost every single time that that happens, it feels like the Packers can never close a fucking deal. Like seems like the Packers can never finish it. Mm -hmm. Like I, I know I've read somewhere where, the Packers throwing out the absolute bare minimum was them th- just trying like the, the minimum effort to try to get a guy where yeah. you could be all right. Who wants to take a cap cut, you know, like redo their contract. Who wants to make some money? Who wants, you know, I don't know. It just seems like if, if a team were to do that, the chiefs are one of the best at financially restructuring, doing all that stuff to keep all their players. But Man, Green Bay just makes too much sense. Yeah, as far as them reaching out with the minimum, I feel like it makes sense just, again, because the Packers only have just barely over $4 million of cap to work with, so they can't go out and throw stacks on the table and be like, come to Green Bay. So I guess 
for them, it's kind of one of those situations where you shoot low. They offer him the league minimum. If he says yes, they're like, all right, we got him for a steal. I'm sure they'll come up maybe between the one and $2 million range. If the, if money is the difference to where OBJ is like, Oh, new England was offering me 1.2 million. And they were offering me this and that. And Packers come on like, all right, we'll give you a one and a half million, whatever it is again. But like you said, he's already getting paid from the, the Browns. I mean, the, the dude is um, well-known across the league. I'm sure he has endorsements and deals that he's making money outside the league too. So it's not like he's hurting for money to where he needs that extra million or half a million dollars. So yeah, like you said, it makes sense for him to come to Green Bay. Like you said, it boosts, it boosts his value to where there's been question marks around him for the past couple of years on his health and his ability to play. He comes to Green Bay. Rodgers makes him look, look good. They make a deep playoff run. Maybe they get a Super Bowl ring as well. And then next year you can test the market as a higher value. So, um, yeah, obviously New England too. Makes sense for him to go out and get them. Uh, they have since – Gronk and Edelman are both gone. That's kind of that was kind of their two, <laughs> their, their, their two highest threats in the past game, uh, with Tom Brady there. They're both gone now, so they're kind of testing the waters with Nikhil Harry. Um, who else is there? I know the tight end Hunter Henry. Um, other, he'd other than that, number, he'd be a number one right away. Oh yeah, that yeah. But that's then the going thing. to a team like that, and you don't perform because you do have a quarterback, young guy like Mac Jones. Then what? Yeah, you know, like you, that. I feel like that's too big of a risk to do that. And then also speaking on the Packers, huge news: tackle David Bakhtiari has been activated for the Green Bay Packers. So we should see him out there this weekend. So that's awesome that he's that he's back. Yeah, and good to see him back so early because I know it was late last year when he had his injury, and usually it's almost a full calendar year before you can get back. So he's pretty much a full month, month and a half ahead of that one-year mark of when he had his injury. So, um, yeah, I, I know it was two weeks ago. It was like, oh, he might be back last week. Oh, there's a good chance, and he still wasn't. I mean – the Packers are in a good spot, 7-2, top of the NFC North. They weren't desperate to get him back on the field, but if he's healthy, he's healthy, and I'm sure he wants to get back out there. So, yeah, that's great to see. Wow, and now there's news coming out that reportedly Green Bay was the only team that actually threw money down, like in an offer-offer. Every other team is just, like, talking about doing it. Oh, Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's all I saw. I mean, there's always speculation of what happens behind closed doors and you don't know exactly. But yeah, I mean, when I got when I just kind of through the morning hours into the afternoon, kind of like you said, hit, constantly hitting refresh on the phone and like waiting for something to come out. Uh, Packers were the only team that, again, they've reached out with the league minimum of what was a half a million dollars. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it comes out to like four hundred and eighty some thousand dollars. It was a little under half a million. Yeah, but well, obviously, I feel like they're gonna bump that up to like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like signing bonuses and incentives. I'm sure it'll be closer to a million if he does come to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, what that makes you wonder that if the Packers are the only team, maybe he was 
waiting it out to see what the other teams are going to offer. And if at the end of the day, nobody, nobody gives them anything, 10, 11 o'clock tonight could come out breaking, breaking that he's on a plane on his way to green Bay. I was joking with the guys at work today. I was like, hopefully he pulls like a LeBron video because those two guys are tight. Cause oh. everybody I'm taking my talents to green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm taking my talents to the cornfields. <laughs> um, and a yeah. lot of people are also saying if you can survive a winter in Cleveland, winter in Green Bay is like Vegas. Yeah, because Cleveland's right on the water, so the wind's just br- the wind absolutely brutal there. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure it makes it harder to catch balls trying to oh it's going this way oh it's going this way like through the air trying to cut through the wind and shit. Yeah, when you have a guy like Baker who throws ducks. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as Packers fans, we're excited. Hopefully, it goes through and within the next. I mean, I I'd imagine by this time tomorrow, he's going to be somewhere. Um, um, I would imagine that he'll be at practice, whichever team he's going to be on tomorrow. Yeah, well, yeah, like I said, ho- like hopefully, obviously, we we don't know anything, but like best case scenario, Packers are the only team to put an offer on the table tonight. All right, no other teams reached out. Boom, he's on his way to Green Bay, and yeah. We get to see number three. I'd imagine he'd be number three because Lazard is thirteen. I think think Lazard would give it to him. Yeah. Well, yeah, because usually, usually a vet comes in and he's like, "Oh." Well, even though Lazard, unless you're Michael Pittman, he told fucking Carson Wentz to kick rocks. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, Because the NFL player does no, actually, that doesn't make sense for Lazard. Yeah, so it it probably would be number three then. Yeah. Well, same thing in Tennessee. What did he wear in college? Set? No, not, no. Three? Was he three in college? Yep. Yeah. So it works out even more perfect. You get to wear your college number? Yeah, Yeah, in in Tennessee. He would have to pay for all of his jerseys, all of the inventory, everything. Oh, to get that switched over. Yeah, that's right. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah, kind of the same thing in Tennessee. Uh, AJ Brown offered eleven to Julio Jones, and Julio was like, "Nah, you can keep it." So, but also, who knows? OBJ might be like numbers are just a number, you know? Yeah, it's just a number. Yeah, um, I guess kind of wrapping up our our NFL talk here. Then uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night football week uh, ten kicks off um, in Baltimore. I think it's Miami. at Baltimore. Oh, it's in Miami. Uh, then Ravens on the road in Miami. Um, what's your takeaways slash score predictions for that game tomorrow? Ravens 42, Dolphins 7. 42-7? All right. I got Ravens 31-17. Um, again, pretty lot – or two-score game, but – Actually, I'll give him 10. I'll give him 10. I'll give him a field goal, too. 42-10? 42-10. Oh, I guess with uh, – I, I I think that was – Tua's day-to-day, so he is – there's a chance he won't play tomorrow. It might be Jacoby Brissett again. Um, I don't know what – if it's his rib injury acting up again, I didn't see exactly – what the injury was. I just remember seeing that he was day-to-day and questionable for tomorrow night. 
So obviously if he's, uh, I mean, I shouldn't say that Jacoby Brissett and Tua are two polar opposites and one's going to play, the team's going to play better with one on the field. Cause I mean, they're both haven't done very well this year, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, and obviously break that down for you guys on Friday. All right. Switching over to the college world here. Again, Tuesday nights, uh, the college football playoff rankings are released. Uh, some shakeups. Some teams stay the same, uh, starting from top down. Uh, Georgia Bama, still one and two. Nothing changed there. Um Despite Bama getting a close win over LSU, uh, the committee decided to keep them at number two um, and not move them at all. Uh, three, three through six, all, all different teams with different numbers. Uh, number three, Oregon Ducks move up into – they were four last week, correct? Uh, no, they were five. I thought they were out. Let me check. I thought they were one of the first two out. I know I posted it like last week. I'll quick pull it up. Uh, last week was Georgia, Bama, Michigan State, Oregon. So they were four. Five was Ohio State. Yeah, five was Ohio State. Six was Cincinnati last week. Um, yeah, Oregon moves up into three. Uh, I like it. Yeah, I like it as well. They kind of, I mean, like a lot of these teams, control their own destiny. Over in the Pac-12, they've had – some close games, but been able to avoid upsets. Again, their one uh, loss to uh, what was it? Stan? Stanford. Stanford. Um, but yeah, and then right behind them, Ohio State. Uh, good to see a Big Ten team back in the top four after uh, one just exited. Uh, Ohio State beat Nebraska. Was it twenty six seventeen? So they got Nebraska. Kind of took them to the ropes right until the end. But again, they avoid the upset. They move up into number four. And obviously, it makes sense to have Oregon ahead of them um, as they beat them head to head. Um, and then, oh, go ahead. I just don't like Ohio State being there at number four. It's like they, well, who, I, don't, I don't feel like they have just, all honesty, I feel like Cincinnati should be that fourth spot. Until they lose, until somebody can knock them off. Oh, if they like, don't lose, then they stay in the top four. I, I think that they deserve a deserve a shot. I really do. Like how how often is it that we see a team outside of the Power Five go undefeated? Not often. Yeah, and the Cincinnati team. Like, fuck, I, f I really feel like they should get a little bit more credit, even though, like, we weren't too high on them at, like, earlier. Now that Ohio State is being put ahead of them, getting smoked by Oregon, so they're not even a close behind them, yet they sit fourth. Um, I would have been happy if it would have been Cincinnati, Michigan, or Michigan State. Even Oklahoma, I would have been happy with being number four. But yeah, I just don't see Ohio State being there right now. Yeah, Those top three teams, even Alabama, you they could they could have slid to first two out, realistically. But that'll be settled when Georgia and Bama play in the SEC. 
championship. Then we then we will know if this system is rigged or not rigged. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it though? Uh, Texas A and M. I saw I saw something about Texas A and M kind of can pull. Texas A and M could end up in the SEC championship with Georgia because of their head to head over Bama. If they went out. <laughs> so then you're putting an Alabama team who doesn't even make it to the SEC championship in the top four. Exactly. Yeah. Like it just doesn't make, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. The only two teams that should be in there are Georgia and Oregon, in my opinion, right now. Yeah. Then it should be Cincinnati and then run your mill of the shoot, whoever the fuck you want to stick in there, media, which will probably be Alabama. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Ohio State at four, like, I, I, I'm kind of with you. Like, I could see kind of why they're at four, but also I could see if they're at five or six, I wouldn't have been like, oh, why are they there? But, again, they, they – if they win out, they belong in the college football playoff, in my opinion. This week they host Purdue, who's been at the upset machines of the year, and then they play Michigan State and Michigan, both seven and six. So if they if they can manage to go unscathed the rest of the year, I would put Ohio State in the in the college football playoff. Yeah, then they would deserve to be there. But as of right now, I feel like they don't deserve to be in the top four. Yeah, and then first two out again, Cincinnati at five. Um, one of the few undefeated teams left in in FBS. Um, but again, they have the was it eighty third strength of schedule down the stretch um with like a fpi has them at like a 60 percent chance to win out or whatever it was but um but yeah i mean they're they're right there on the outside looking at, i mean one of these teams slip up if cincinnati ends up in the top four at any point before the end of the year and they went out i don't know how you can make a case to move them back out unless they like win all their games by like one point and barely avoid upsets. So like strength of victory isn't there for them maybe, but I don't know. That'd be the only case. And then kind of the two that didn't make sense to me here, second team out Michigan, number six ahead of Michigan state at seven, 10 days ago, Michigan state be Michigan. Are they not taking that into consideration whatsoever? Uh, I don't get, I don't get the, like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Obviously, uh, they say, oh, it'll shake out in the, in the next couple of weeks. So it'll all make sense. But it's like, but at the same time, if the cards fall right, Michigan's already ahead of Michigan State. If they can win out, they stay ahead of Michigan State, even though they lost the head-to-head literally less than two weeks ago. So I don't know what where their thought process is keeping them ahead of state, but I guess I'm just baffled right now with that. It's always been a joke to me. That's why it needs to be eight teams. Yeah, or six. I don't know how they do six, but yeah, eight would be even better. It'd be the perfect amount, I feel like, because then you have one of all the power five basically in there. Mm Mm-hmm. You have room for an outside team like Cincinnati to easily be in there. And then you have like the Big Ten right now. You throw the other three Big Ten teams in there. That's eight. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, like if it the top like eight standard as the top eight is in here, I would be completely okay with that. Not the numbers, but the teams. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. And then, and also, then the teams that are outside the top eight actually have something to fight for, trying to get into the top eight instead of the top four. Because mm-hmm. you lose two games, you ain't getting into the top four. Sorry. Yeah. Like it's over here. Like Wisconsin, you're even if you run the table, and win the Big Ten championship, it ain't gonna matter. Even if Ohio State's ranked number two. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's not gonna matter. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's interesting how well, like you said, yeah, you have teams on the outside of that eight of that uh, nine through twenty five mark, giving them something to play for. Then it gives teams like uh, Notre Dame a chance, uh, Oklahoma a chance, even though we've kind of they've been kind of in that Cincinnati ballpark of do they deserve to be there with the teams that they play? Um, they've look like a brand new team with that other kid playing quarterback. Yeah, that's that's true. Um but yeah, to say out of the I don't even know however many there are D1 college football teams, but to say oh, let's narrow it down to 4, like look at the NFL. The NFL has 32 teams and there are 14 of them that play every postseason. <laughs> like and there's 130. 130. So NFL, 14 of 32, college football, four of 130. Like, especially with how much, how money, money set, like. And then you have to put that aspect into it. Like, they can't say at all that, oh, the size of your school and how much money you're going to bring has no effect to who's playing in the college football playoff. Like, that's a blatant lie. Strictly because you're taking four out of 130. Mm-hmm. It's just fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, these, the rankings, couple make sense. Really, one, two, three makes sense the most. And then everything else behind that is kind of take it as you will. And then again, obviously, the Michigan, Michigan State kind of debacle of what they were thinking there. Um, and then Outside the top two, again, you got Michigan State at seven, Oregon – or not Oregon, uh, Oklahoma at eight, and then Notre Dame at nine, I believe, are kind of the next couple teams after that. Um, even though Oklahoma is at eight, I, what was it? They have like a 71% chance of making the college football playoff just based on who everybody ahead of them has to play. So, Teams are getting losses. Are going to get losses. Ohio State and Michigan play. One of those teams have to lose. Um, Ohio State, Michigan State have to play. One of those teams have to lose. So teams are going to fall, if not not once, but maybe twice in the next couple of weeks that are ahead of them. Except for Bama. Yeah. Who's ba- I don't even who's Bama even play? Well, they still have their Iron Bowl against the against Auburn. Don't they? Yeah. Did you just Auburn anywhere on the list this year? They were, they were thirteen last week, weren't they? Before they lost to Texas A and M, it was like thirteen versus fourteen. It was the only ranked game last week, ranked versus ranked game. Yeah. 
So Bama has to lose in order for Texas A&M to win the head-to-head. Yeah, Auburn was 13, Texas A&M was 14. Um, I don't know where Auburn is this week. They, they might have fallen out of the Bama ranks. plays New Mexico State this weekend, then 25 Arkansas next weekend, followed by at Auburn after Thanksgiving. So I guess if there's one thing Bama has going for them is playing ranked Arkansas and ranked Auburn to end the year. Listen to this. Tickets starting at $6 this weekend versus New Mexico State. Tickets starting at $52 against Arkansas. Tickets starting at $244 versus Auburn. That's more than an NFL ticket. Yeah. That Iron Bowl. There's always always drama at the Iron Bowl. I don't know. Like, Bama's obviously one of the best teams in college football, but this I'll, year they 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 haven't looked like it. Like, no, and I'd like to see them go down. I, to see a college football playoff without Bama in it for once. Um, I don't know, like we said when it comes down when it comes down to the end of it. What? Well, because te- actually, shoot, how would that work? Because Texas A&M has two losses, don't they? Yep, and Alabama only has one. Only has one. So they need oh, – okay, so if Bama loses two – they aren't going to lose to New Mexico State, but if they lose to Arkansas, Arkansas or, or Auburn, then Texas A&M would be in the SEC championship. That's what it was. And Georgia beat Arkansas 37-0 and Auburn 34-10. Only close game that Georgia had all season long was game number one versus Clemson, ten to three, when they upset Clemson, being number one. Mm-hmm. Fifty-six to seven, forty to thirteen, sixty-two to zero, thirty-seven to zero, mm-hmm. thirty-four to ten, thirty to thirteen against, and those are three ranked teams in a row. Thirty-four to seven against Florida, who almost beat Alabama. Forty-three to six against, like that's a true number one team. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no question about Georgia. If there's, if if there's a, I mean, again, depending on how Bama does, all these other teams behind them, it's like, oh, they could go up, they could go down. Georgia's one of those teams where it's like they're not moving unless they lose a game. Who does Oregon have left? Eastern Washington. That could be Utah, and then Oregon State. So they have a tough. Three games yet, too. Yeah. I mean, the Big Ten is going to be a lot of fun coming on the stretch here. Again, Ohio State and Michigan playing each other, Ohio State and Michigan State. Uh, I think with Scott. Dude, because if Oregon loses Washington State to Washington State or Oregon State, they'll have the head-to-head over Oregon for the Pac-12. So that'll be, it'll be Eastern Washington or Oregon State in the Pac-12 championship. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Actually, no, that's right. And then, like, if Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, say Purdue, who does Michigan and Michigan State play this weekend? Um, Michigan State – or Michigan plays uh, Penn Purdue, State. Or, yeah, Penn State. At Penn State. So and- they could lose – and, or- and Ohio State plays Purdue, so that's an upset alert. Before and the- then Michigan State, who do they got? 
Um, let me look. Maryland. Maryland. So that's that's a, a only one for sure win that you can guarantee out of those three teams. Yeah. Just say Michigan State wins, Ohio State and Michigan lose, they're done. Like if they all beat each other in a crazy way, and then it's Purdue on top due to the head to heads. Yeah. Like, what if they all have a record and then say, go, Purdue beat you, Purdue beat you, Purdue beat you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. But Holy that's crazy. Shit. Big 10 West right now. Wisconsin, 4 and 2, Minnesota, 4 and 2, Purdue, 4 and 2, Iowa, 4 and 2. The only thing was, I mean, Wisconsin's in the driver's seat. They Iowa have the head to head over Iowa. We have the head to head over Iowa and Purdue. And Purdue. We haven't played Minnesota yet. Which so is the last game of the year. Yeah. If Minnesota beats us, they're going to have that and they'll be on top. Yeah. Iowa at seven and two is fourth in the Big Ten West behind three six and three teams, <laughs> which makes no sense, dude. Yeah. That's yeah, it's crazy. It. That's why we talk about it because shit makes no sense. Yeah. It's crazy, too, looking at it because it was one of the articles I had to re- or I was writing this week is the Purdue Ohio State game. Ohio State is favored by 20. Imagine, well, I mean, on paper, they're like, oh, yeah, they should win by 20, but it's like, have you been... It's like Bama favored by 28 over LSU. Yeah, and they beat them by seven? Seven. Yeah. Or six, excuse me. It was 14 to 20. That's right. That's right. But, yeah, um, I mean, on yeah, on paper, it could go that way where Ohio State does beat Purdue by 20, but it's like, if you're Purdue, you're riding the hot. You you're riding hot right now, at least against the good teams. They've they've lost. I feel like most of the games they've lost have been the unranked teams, like Mich- or, uh, Wisconsin. When they lost to them, they were unranked at the time. Um, who else did? I think they lost to to Minnesota, who was unranked at the time. Like they've had their losses are just weird, but their wins are like the best wins of the year, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah. Um, that kind of wraps up college football here. Then uh, we'll move over to the NBA. Uh, again, not going to lull you guys to sleep with scores. Just a couple kind of headlines to talk about. Uh, reigning MVP Nikola Jokic receives a one game suspension for Monday's incident. With Miami Heat's Markeith Morris, uh, for those who didn't see it, Markeith Morris hit a hard follow trying to stop a fast break on on Jokic. He turns around, starts walking. Jokic comes up and gives him the cold the one of the beatest shoulders to the back, knocks him down on the court. Um, bench is clear that whole debacle. Jokic and Morris rejected from the game, um, and at. After Jokic's one-game suspension he received, Morris and Jimmy Butler also received fines. Morris for his follow in involvement in the this the scrum, and then Jimmy Butler for kind of trying to like play tough on the court and shouting vulgar things across the court, trying to start start shit there when that was going on. Um, and the Heat was waiting in the in the locker room. Literally yeah, waiting in the hallway. Oh, in the hallway, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love to see that though. Yeah, 
you take a big big shot i'm i'm instead of being like a little girl and crying about it complaining about it, he fucking dished it right back two big guys going at it i mean what more do you want yeah um that's two guys saying I'm tougher than you, basically back and forth to each other. And then Morris just laid on the ground trying like not to move like he was hurt. She's like, dude, come on. Yeah. If it was, if it was somebody else, it'd have been, it would, I would have been like, oh, like, yeah, like, what, like I was a little uncalled for. But the Morris brothers have been some of the dirtiest players in the NBA for their whole career with um, not letting shooters land, the little elbows and shoulders now and then on the court, just little dirty shots that they get away with. So seeing That's it happen to game, him. Though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They, I mean, what goes around comes around, I guess is what I'm saying for people who, mm-hmm. if you're going to, if you're going to do it to other people, yeah. Jokic's was up, up over the top, but. You'll get what's coming to you. Yeah, exactly. And it was funny too. Jokic's brothers made a Twitter account. I know. Just to chirp Harass. at, yeah. because uh, Marcus Morris, Marquis's brother, was threatening Yoke, uh, Nikola Jokic on Twitter. So they literally go out and make an account just to like chirp back. So it was funny, but and yeah, the whole Miami Heat were sitting in the hallway waiting. It's like, it's like yeah, you love to see it, but at the same time, it's all for show. Like if they're actually going to jump the guy, that's assault. You're going to jail. Like they're not going to do anything. <laughs> it's all just for show of we could do this too if we wanted to, but we're not because we're going to get it. We'd be in, in big trouble if we did. But um, yeah, that's kind of the end of that. Again, suspensions handed out, fines. Uh, by, uh, next time these two teams meet, might see some tempers flare, but that's about it. Um, also on Monday, we saw the season's first 50 point game from Steph Curry. Uh, Dude's just been on fire. Warriors. After Candace Parker predicted that. It was yeah. Happen. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and the Warriors sit on top of the NBA right now with a nine and one record again without Clay Thompson. So I predicted it. You heard it here first, folks. I said that they were going to fucking win the title. Mm-hmm. Could we see them make another run at their, uh, what was it, 70, 74, 74 and eight? Yes, it was. 74 and 8 record. I mean, they're on at 9 and 1. I don't know what their pace would be every 10 games. I mean, there's 82 games 82. every 10 every 10 games you and They've already lost. played 10, so there's only 72 left. Yeah. So yeah, if every 10 games you lost one, they would be at eight losses at the end of the year. They'd tie it if they lose one every out of every 10 the rest of the way out. Yeah, I mean, they'd be close. And obviously, if they get Thompson back, it's only going to make them better. And I saw, I don't know who it was. I don't think it was any, like, big, like, uh, sports show or anything like that. But they're saying that when Thompson comes back, do you bring him off the bench? Maybe. Because you have Jordan Poole, who is more of a facilitator. He creates shots for himself. He gets the ball to other people better. And Clay Thompson is more just a spot-up shooter to where Jordan Poole is creating more shots for himself and Curry, and Thompson is more or less just one of those guys where if he gets to his spot and you give him one foot of space too many, he's going to knock it down every single time. So obviously I feel like they bring it, he's, he's, they're going to put him back in the starting rotation, but 
a case could be made that hey, bringing him off the bench wouldn't be a bad idea to where if they're they're already they're already rolling with the team that they have. You guy needs a breather. Oh, good bench is coming in. Oh shit, it's Clay Thompson. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a basketball student, so I don't really have no idea how that would impact their team, all that sort of stuff. But hey, you never know. I mean, you never know what you know what happens. Yeah. Yeah, and then the last thing, um, obviously shouting out our Bucks here. They beat the 76ers last night and moved to five and six on the year. Uh, back-to-back games. So tonight they go to New York for a game at the Garden with the Knicks. Um, so that should be a good one. They look to get back to 500. Yeah, that's all I had for the NBA. Sounds good. Then over to the ice here. Um, last night, big slate of games. The Devils down the Hot Panthers. But Hurricanes squeak past the Lightning in OT, 2-1. to one. Um, Canadians lose yet again. The Red Wings put three together as they put three straight together as they beat the Red Hot Oilers in McJesus. Blackhawks, they string together three straight under new interim head coach. They winned a shootout over the Penguins yesterday. Um, Vegas Golden Knights end up coming back and beating the Seattle Kraken 4-2. to two. Um, The Ducks, Troy Terry, um, for those of you who don't know who he is, he was on the World Junior Team back when the United States won it at, like, I think it was 18 or 19. Anyway, he's on a 12-game point streak right now, which is currently the longest active point streak. Last year, um, Nathan McKinnon had the, the most – which was 15 uh, games straight with point. So he's looking to chase that down. Um, also, huge news surrounding the Anaheim Ducks. Where did I where did it go on my screen? My brain. Oh, the Ducks uh, GM Bob Murray put him on administrative leave pending investigation related to professional conduct. Um as the NHL continues to weed out these individuals who are no good to the game. Um, no details have really, you know, went much about this case, but uh, yeah, Ducks GM out. They still win. Who knows what that means for that squad? Um, Vegas Golden Knights, Jack Eichel makes, you know, kind of setting the bar for players as far as, kind of like the Rogers thing, like it's their body, their choice. They should be under 100% control of what type of surgery they want to get, what type of this, how they want to heal themselves. They should be fully in charge of that as it's their body. Um, so that, that kind of was a, an issue that he was talking about on the broadcast last night during the game and just how he hopes to get back to his regular self here. Um, and hopefully can make an impact for Vegas down the line, I know watching that game last night, we were texting each other back and forth. Um, Seattle looks like they could be a pretty good team. Um, they just can't take their foot off the gas because when they did, Vegas just popped two three goals in a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, and it, they just took their foot off the gas just for that brief second, and bang, Vegas 
is that explosive team where they bang, 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 where they could be six zero blink of an eye before you even really know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was a fun game to watch last night. Um, Speaking Alex, of Eichel, just thinking oh, yeah. about how scary that I, Eichel, Petrangelo, Stone on a line together. Like Vegas is already good. Would it be Petrangelo? He plays defense. Um, Who was it? They have a lot of good players. Yeah, I can't remember the um when like because he was he was like on the game last night talking. He was like in the booth talking with the commentators, and after he left, they're like, like yeah, Jack Eichel, yada yada yada, had him on. It's like ready, patch ready. That that might have been who it was. He mentioned the line, and I'm like, oh fuck. I'm like that. Yeah, that'd be like right up there for with obviously yeah, the dry side like. Like a dry sidle, big David kind of caliber line if they can get rolling. Yeah, I mean, they easily could do that, and especially like you stated, they're without Pacioretty, Stone, and I forgot one other main player that they're down right now on injury reserve, um, which really hurts your team, just like what I'm going to get to you here. Colorado Avalanche. Kind of having a slow start to the year, granted being the odds-on favorite to win the Stanley Cup again for the second year in a row. Turns out he's going to be out three weeks. Um, I mean, this is a huge loss for the Avs. Like we... Fuck. Like I've said before, in the 82-game season, you shit a six seven games in a row and that could be enough to where your season's too far out of reach him being out three weeks man that's gonna that's gonna be really tough for this avalanche team to continue to tread water losing their top forward in the lineup i mean i don't see how how they kind of get through this but it's gonna be a tough stretch for colorado here moving forward and then a few things to uh, top on. I know I already mentioned this on Monday's podcast, I do believe, but it, it went through the social media news again after this happened. Um, Alex Ovechkin ties Brett Hall, 741 goals. He's now chasing Yammer Yager for that third spot. Um, it's tremendous to watch him continue to score goals from the same spot over and over again in He's it's like he's got the Tom Brady effect. It's like he's getting younger, more happy, more energetic out on the ice. It's like, holy shit, what are we getting to see here of Ovechkin? But yeah, three three big games tonight. Leafs Flyers, Pred Stars, and the Minnesota Wild against the Arizona Coyotes. Um it's kind of it's Wednesday night robbery. That's all I gotta say. It's Wednesday night robbery. Um these games should have some sparks. That's all I really got for the NHL. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I guess backtracking quick here. Um, last point, and I guess going forward, we'll mention it now and then with the season underway. Uh, college hoops kicked off last night. Uh, a couple games to mention um, over at the Champions Classic, which was. That was in the garden, wasn't it? I think it was in the garden in New York. Um, it was Kansas, Michigan State, Duke, Kentucky. 
Uh, Duke gets a win over Kentucky, Kansas over Michigan State. Number one seed or number one ranked Gonzaga, again, have the shortest odds to get back to the, the ship uh, over Dixie State. And then our Badgers, again, these are all exhibition games, don't count for anything, but they won as well. It was like St. Mary's something, some small school. But um, nonetheless, college hoops are back really for the rest of the month of November. It's all exhibition games and like those invitationals. I know like the Badgers play at the Jim Maui Invitational down in the Bahamas. They'll be there doing that. Um, I can't remember what other ones off the top of my head, but there's a handful of big tournaments. And then really once we get to early December, you start to see like uh, uh, there's the ACC Big Ten uh, game to start the year. I'm pretty sure the Badgers play Georgia Tech, I want to say, is kind of like their official first game of the year. And then you're starting to get into conference matchups. So really we're still a month out from college hoops, like meaning anything, but nonetheless got to see it back last night, men's and women's actually uh, both back. So uh, really going to be another month before we kind of dive into the season, but obviously upsets, trending stuff that happens on them. We'll, we'll be highlighting it. So those games count for regular season. Don't they? The exhibition games the championship tournament those games count don't they yeah like the acc like the um like that one against georgia tech i mentioned i can't remember what that's called like the like the championships classic those games count don't they i don't remember if they do or don't because i they're out there like because like wisconsin plays green bay at their rec if you look at their records it states a win like one and zero yeah, but I don't know if it's like preseason, how like preseason football, basketball, you have a record. And then as soon as it comes to when games matter, it goes back to zero and zero. In college, there is no preseason. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if they treat these exhibition games like preseason to where once it's not exhibition games, then your record starts over. I don't remember exactly if it does or not. <laughs> yeah, I just I was just looking and. Shout out to the IPFW, um, the Indiana Purdue Fort Wayne Mastodons, as they beat the Earlham Quakers 103 to 54 in their season opener. 103. Yeah, 103 to 54. Just wanted to give them a shout out, but yeah, it was like, shit, if that counts as a dub. But yeah, it does. It counts overall record one. Yeah. Yeah, they all show like one and over. Like I said, I'll we'll have to see. I, I don't remember. They they might count. Like I said, I, I don't here's know. Another here's another twist teaser for you. IUPUI, Indiana University, Purdue University of Indiana. How about that? What the fuck? Did you just make that up? No. <laughs> Say that again. Indiana University, Purdue University of Indiana. That's fake. <laughs> it's not. They're zero and one. <laughs> I, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, dude, I didn't know all about this until I got to Indiana. They got it's like, in like how I said IPFW, Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne. So it's like if you live in the Fort Wayne area and you go to Indiana or Purdue, you could go to that school. Oh, okay. 
So it's, it's, like basically, a, it's like the UW system, essentially. Basically, but it's that. I, whatever comes after that system. But yeah, IUPUI. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. Imagine how long those bumper stickers are for anybody who goes there. Especially <laughs> you've got kids that go to both. IPFW and IUPUI. <laughs> It sounds like it is like IUPUI, like a disease. It's like, oh, I got the IUPUI. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, Michigan takes on Buffalo tonight. Yeah, Florida State takes on Penn, Pennsylvania. So yeah, shout out. Yeah, I hit the free fresh button a couple times. No OBJ news. Mm-hmm. In the in the past hour here or so, so no, yeah, that's all I got for today. And back, <laughs> I just wanted to go over back to the OBJ thing quick. I was reading that Devonte Adams thing a little further about like what he said. Yeah, and he goes, "Yeah, we can get him more than that. I hope he'd be okay for two catches for fifteen yards." <laughs> so who knows if that's like a little dig, or if. Like, yeah, we'll get you more touches, two for 15, as long as you don't touch my numbers, dog. Yeah. Yeah, interesting to see what happens. But big news, Sammy Watkins is expected to play Thursday as well for the Miami – or for the Baltimore Ravens. So Ravens should be flying high. Cool, cool. All right, let's wrap it up here. Thanks, everyone, for stopping by. Uh, today was a great episode. A lot of action-packed news. Basically, OBJ watch party day. Um, it's going to be continued to be until, obviously, he picks a squad. We'll release, obviously, if any breaking news comes out um, while we're offline. But, yeah, happy hump day, everyone, and we'll see you guys on Friday.